Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahlan wa sahlan. Welcome everyone. Muftib Rahman, how are you doing? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm doing good. But the camera has to be aligned. Once you put it a little lower or higher, I forget how it goes. There you go. There you go. Mashallah. You want to be at you want me to be at the same level? Same level, you know. So people don't people their 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 eye their eye level doesn't get you know faltered away. You know, we can see us together. All right, I see that. I see what you're trying to say now. You want to make me smaller? Yeah, no, I'm not just trying not to be intimidated by you. You know, standing in front of top of Okay, Fahad, how you doing, Mufti Sab? Alhamdulillah, how you doing? Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Everyone is well. How how's your family? How's your health? How are your knees? There you go. It's better. Something happened in the middle. Um, health is fine. Alhamdulillah, not knees. Alhamdulillah, it's just one of my knees. So. Uh, it's getting better, just recovering, still praying on a chair. So make dua. Uh, the school, it's the beginning of the school year, so there's a lot of challenges. Um, so hopefully the uh, parents are really want their kids to go to school, but they also want their kids, they want them to be, you know, they've been, been with their kids for the last four or five months. So they want their kids to go to school. So we have a we have a, like a boarding facility in a local school. So a lot going on. And, you know, things started the last few weeks. A lot of we had a lot of t- we we created a bubble over here, so it's been it's been quite challenging. But at the same time, parents have entrusted us with their children to raise them, to educate them, to train them. So, you know, it's an honor at the same time a responsibility. May, may Allah subhanahu wa taala keep all the youth, children, or students who are going back to school safe. I mean, keep the parents safe, and make the school year a successful year, uh, without any surprises, and without any glitches. Definitely last. School year ended with a, you know, unprecedented uh, closure. Which we, you know, many places there was no graduation. There was no farewell from the classmates, the friends. Um, so it's been challenging for everyone around the world. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala make it easy, and may Allah reward the parents who are, who are engaging and helping their their children in this in these difficult times. And we ask the children to also cope with the parents, help their parents out. You know, it's not easy. May Allah make it easy, inshallah. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'alta wa sahal. Wa anta da ja'al husna ila sha'ta sahal, ya Rabbil Alameen. I want to welcome everyone um, who is joining from all across uh, United States, Canada. Um, Canada. Canada. Anyone's joining from Europe, 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 UK, UK, United Kingdom, um, Australia. If you're joining from uh, Maldives, someone's joining from uh, Palestine. Pakistan, Zimbabwe, everyone that's joining from all across the world, Seattle, everybody. So welcome everyone to the program. Um, uh, we also have someone from Grand Blanc, uh, the Grand Blanc. You know, so may Allah bless all of you brothers and sisters for joining us and uh, being with us tonight. You know, Mufti Rahman, he uh, never fails to mesmerize us and tantalize us with his knowledge and his wisdom. Uh, so inshallah, we're gonna go ahead. What's that noise? It's like a like a small noise. Is it is from it, me? Yeah. Is that your mouse, your chua? No. I don't know. It's, I think it's your crickets in the back. My crickets in the back, man. They're there too, man. They just you know at nighttime they get loud. <laughs> That's all I could hear is crickets, man. You know we're. Can you hear them? Yeah, a little bit here and there, but it's fine. I'll try to speak louder than them, inshallah. They're, they're bothering you, right? 
they're not bothering me. I don't notice them until you t tell you, you know, you bring them out and bring them to my attention. Otherwise, it's fine. Where's your tin I do live in Flint, and I live in somewhere out of the city. So it's I'm not like a city guy like you. I'm Ahl Badu. Oh, my. But stop it. I uh, what, did, what did that brother Tadek say? Grand Blank. It's a Paris of Genesee County, man. It's this the real deal right there. Allahu Akbar. Okay, let's go ahead. <laughs> let's go ahead, everyone. I hope everyone's well. We're going to start, inshallah, our program tonight. We are going to speak about Surah Taqweed. Surah, surah Taqweed, it starts, uh, beautiful Surah. Um, it's a very powerful Surah. Now, what's that noise? There's, some, there's like a noise coming in the background. Why don't you put your audio off and on? You'll refresh yourself. You take over. You take over. Okay, I'll take over for now. Sheikh Abdullah, you know, him and his technical difficulties. Yes, I'm sitting. Someone asked me last week, are you sitting in Mufti Abdul Wahab's spot? Yes, I am sitting here because this is the uh, Michigan Islamic Institute campus. And uh, you usually see me at the Miftah campus. And I'm not there for the last four weeks because I've been staying here at the school. Hopefully next Wednesday I'll be there and we'll be coming live from there. Uh, nonetheless, we have Surah Taqweer that we're going to be discussing today. And uh, we we spoke about is uh, so some of the sisters are saying the noise is from the microphone. Can you still hear the noise when I'm speaking, or can, you can't hear the noise? Can someone clarify that? Can you hear? Can you hear the noise or no? Not really. Not much. Okay. Can you hear me, Bajan? I can hear you perfectly. Bismillah. Okay. So, Bajan, you were saying we were, we were discussing Surah Taqweer, right? And um, yeah. What's going, what was happening in the past few surahs is Allah's, we know the people that are being addressed right now are the people of Mecca, right? That's the first audience, the primary audience, the uh, non-believers of Mecca. That's the first audience right now. And that's why the tone, you see the tone in early Mecca, uh, the Mecca surahs um, is different than the later Mecca surahs and Madani surahs. For example, I'll give you an example. In Mecca surahs, you have kalla. It's a very harsh way of saying something. It's not. A, it's not like when you ask your mother, "Can I have something to eat?" or "Can I play? Can I play on the PS3?" or "Can I get the phone?" And she says, "No." That's just la. But Kalla is like, "Don't even think about it. No way." Like, yeah. More of a harsh tone. You see, the Quran. You know, when you're reading the Quran, it's like a, when you're reading a, when you're listening to a speech and reading a speech. You can't hear the tone when you're, when you're reading it, right? Did the, did the speaker go up? Did he go? But there was his voice lower. But there are certain verbs and certain words that indicate um, certain, like a tone, a pitch of a voice. Like if this was read this way, it would have been read like this. So the pitch, the tone over here is more of a harsh tone. Like, you know, this is the tone that Allah is using with the people of Mecca because of their sins, because of their their jahili thoughts, the ignorant thoughts that they had. And some of them are being addressed in this surah. Now, of which the most... Now, remember, the people of Mecca were the children of... They, they, they were from the, the, the progeny of Ibrahim a.s. Ismail a.s. was living in Mecca. So they had a lot of Abrahamic um, faith. They had a faith of... They had some strands of the Abrahamic faith and culture, right? Like, for example, cutting their nails and all these different things and hosp being the hospitality and feeding those who come for Hajj. They had that, taking care of the Kaaba. They were very, very like you know possessive about the Kaaba because it was the house of Allah and they felt so close to it. They had these things. But then there were certain things that, you know, um, like how you said, Bajan, before, like many times human beings have all these great qualities, but then there's like one or two things that, that keep you away from Allah. If you just flip those one, two things, then you become a great person. And what, what were some of those things? One was, the first of which was, all other faiths had 
they had they had some idea of an afterlife. You know, there were the Christians, the Jew, the, the main faiths that were in the universe at that time. This is what's happening behind the scenes. The Christians, the Jews, they, even the Hindus at that time, they had some sort of idea of some 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 afterlife. They had their own idea what that's going to be. The people of Mecca had, they were zero. They, there's nothing that's going to happen after we, where we die over here, right? Are we really going to come back? This was the When we become dust and bones No, it doesn't make sense There's no such thing as an afterlife There's no such thing as a resurrection It was like the same example in Surah Yasin When Ubay bin Khalaf Came to the Prophet Sallallahu In another place Abu Jahl Literally grabbed a dry bone And he crushed it and he threw the dust in front of the Prophet and the crumbs of that bone. And he said, Who's going to bring this uh, bone after it decays back to life? You know? Tell them that Lord that brought it to life originally, from brought it to inception, has the power to bring it back to life. So that's a great argument that's going to happen. A lot of times, even Muslims today, um, there is really no one to hold them accountable for what they do. Uh, marriages, relationships, friends, uh, children may, are not being watched by their parents. Um, sometimes you just come down to a discussion where, like, um, we have to know that there is a account, there is accountability in the next world. Yeah, exactly. That's the only way you can be account. That's the only way you can resist, you know, unless you have real good ethics and morals. Yeah. That's so yeah. So basically, Allah is. You know, this is what's going. So the first thing that's being addressed is that has to be. Look, if you don't believe in an accountability, a person can be. If if a person, you know, the the, the famous the it's the famous um, the this Arabic uh, Arabic proverb and English proverb as well. You reap what you sow, right? Is basically future consequences are you know shaped by your present actions. Now we know that as Muslims, as believers, we know that you know me giving sadqa right now will inevitably be a means of some evil or some discomfort in my life being removed or some barakah coming, right? And we know that, you know, how the, our elders talk about in the Salaf al-Salihin, they bring this up over and over again, that Like I see the, the, the traces, the aftermath, the consequences of my mistakes and my sins in the behavior of my animal, the behavior of people around me. I see it, right? So imagine that's in this world. We're going to talk about that in detail later. But there's a group of people that live in Mecca that don't believe in this at all, right? Like, so you at this point are living a, you know, a, a life that there's there's no consequences. You're not going to be held accountable for anything. And it's just, you know, um, the mighty will the mighty will always rise, and you can do anything to anyone. There's always going to be oppression. Allah saying, no, that's the first thing that has to be pegged down. That there is qiyamah, and people will be held accountable for what you did in this world, right? That's the first thing. The second thing, of course, Allah mentions in the surah behind the scenes is, you know, when the Prophet comes and he and he instructs them to do a few things. Number one is everyone is equal. There's no there's no preference of over of, of a white over a black or black over a white. You know, this this was completely an alien thought that this could not did not make sense to these people, and they they had they couldn't grapple with this. We're not going to be talking about the, this topic today, but another topic that the Prophet came down with was that. Daughters, daughters, and sons are equal. Like you know, it's not an honor to have a boy, and it's not a disgrace to have a daughter. 
So what, what sin did the daughter do that she's being buried over here? And the people of Makkah could not grapple with this. So it's it, here. It's a lot of dhulm. And, 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 the, and the level of dhulm is also described in the surah as we go through it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's being described. So this is, I, that's why I love this surah. Yeah, people should pay attention because this surah, the way it goes, it has so much relevance, even though it's speaking to the people of Makkah. Again, you know, a lot of us are in the infant stages of our iman. That's why this, this, this you know, tafsir and description of these surahs and the way they were revealed, it's, it's very relevant for us. Like, okay, all right, that's what's going on right now. Like, you know, those, those habits of yours that you, that you held on to so dearly, but they're not, they, 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 Allah does not like them. Sometimes you're just too stubborn to leave them. And because of that, it becomes a means of you distancing yourself from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one of them is that. The third final thing is, it comes in the surah, is okay, everything you're saying is good, but it's a fellow human being saying it. You know, sometimes, sometimes if you have some ill feeling about a certain person, you don't care what that person says. You know, I can listen to him. And this happens a lot, this happens a lot with politicians. If you side one way or the other, and you know, Bajan, you know me, I'm you, but you're a politician. I'm not politician. Me. <laughs> so, not me. You know, I'm, I'm from the chai party, tea party. You're going to vote for the tea party. All right. So, I'm not voting for the tea party. I'm just uh, voting for the, uh, the cup. The cup, okay. So, um, you, you, so if someone like if 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 you don't if you don't agree with a certain candidate or certain politician, you know, which is most of them, so it doesn't matter what that person before that person even walks on the stage, or before you even see like you know the ad of that person, you don't care what that person says. You just you just you're not gonna listen to that person. Oh yeah. yeah. Say something really good, you're not gonna listen to that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens a lot. He he has, he has a reputation. He has a reputation, or she has a reputation. And the, and, the, and the opposite is true as well. If you have some loyalty to somebody, even the most basic thing that person says, it means a lot, right? It means a lot to the statement of a Sahabi. Don't look at always who is saying it. Always look at what's being said. What's being said, yeah. What, what's being said, the message. Sometimes you come to a, a Juma khutbah and a community member from your, a member from your community you know really well, you know they're family politics and you know everything but you're like oh man i i know what's going on just sometimes it's better just to listen to the message and don't look at who's saying it of course it's better if the person who's saying it is also practicing it helps so that's the third aspect over here so we talked about the qiyama right we talked about the uh the the the, the, the idea of daughters and sons being equal and ones that ones or one or the other is not a source of embarrassment and the third finally is look you know, it's beautiful things you're saying. I love it, but it's still coming from the tongue of a human being. And Allah mm. is saying at the end, you know, إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَنِيمٍ Right? ذِي قُوَّةٍ عِنْدَ ذِي الْعَرْشِ مَكِينٍ مَطَاعٍ ثَمَّ أَمِينٍ وَمَا صَاحِبُكُمْ بِمَجْنُونَ Right? That it's coming from the word, it's coming from the Prophet And this is from a person who's at a lofty status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So don't think, it, even though it's on the tongue of the Prophet, in everything is coming directly from Allah. So this is the, the, what's going on behind the scenes with the surah, and these are the, this is the audience that Allah is addressing. But then if you can start from um, the first verse. I'll start from the first verse before we start from the first verses. All these idahs, you're going to notice all these idahs, and when, when, it's like, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says idah 12 times. So yep. as, as I'm reciting, you can, you can hear the idah. And the words coming out. Just, just read to uh, Ali Nafsul Ma'ahdarat. That's a lot of reading. 
كم عمر؟ أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إذا الشمس كورت وإذا النجوم كدرت وإذا الجبال سيرت وإذا العشار عطلت وإذا المحوش حشرت وإذا البحار فجرت وإذا القبور بعثرت علمت نفس ما أحضرت وإذا الوحوش حشرت وإذا البحار سجرت وإذا النفوس زوجت وإذا الموقودة سئلت بأي ذنب قتلت وإذا السحب نشرت وإذا السماء كشطت وإذا الجحيم سعرت وإذا الجنة أزلفت علمت نفس ما أحضرت صدق الله العظيم ما شاء الله ما شاء الله ما شاء الله So you notice all the إذاز all the إذاز showing up in the surah you start from all the way to verse number 14, where the answer to when all this happens, we know when this happens, and when that happens, and when that happens, and when that happens, What's, what does that mean? You know, when your father comes home, when your mother comes home, when your older brother comes home, when your sister comes home, so what's going to happen? So Allah subhanahu wa says, no, when this happens to the sun, this happens to the stars, this happens to the mountains, this happens to the animals, this happens to this, and this happens to that. There's a lot of events, and all these events which are taking place are not small events. These are major events. And it starts off one of the biggest creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right in our face, which is the shams. One of the greatest and one of the greatest creation of God that is visible to humankind is the sun. So Allah is saying that sun of that sun, the powerful ball of fire that you look at, that you find energy from, and it gives resource to the world, light, energy. So much comes from this, all of a sudden, it's, it's going to be like a piece of paper, folded up. Let's go ahead, Mufti Sa'ad. What's happening with Kuwirat? Let's go, Bismillah. It's the first, first verse. It's the Kuwirat. And it says, when the sun, Kawara, over here, there, the word behind Kawara, Kawara Yukawiru, it means to wrap something. You know, as you can see, my imama, when you wrap the imama around your head, the topi or the cap or the head gets, it's wrapped around so you cannot see it anymore. So Allah is saying when the sun will be wrapped in like whether rather it will be wrapped into darkness, you know, what there's gonna be or layers will be put around the sun. So now the light of the sun will go away. That's so Allah is speaking. So if you look at this verse in, in English, when you say when I left or when I will come, you can say when for both past and present. And in Arabic, is and ida mean that. So is is usually for past, and ida is usually for future. But then over here, when you have either future, and then you have either shamsu kuwirat. The kuwirat is past, you know. So it like it, it's it can it can be contradictory because right? either comes for future. This is going to happen in the future. Remember, the audience. One of the sisters asked, audience that Allah is speaking to are yes Arabs who know very very good Arabic, so they know the way the tenses are put together. They know what the formation of the words imply. We, we know, okay, either what it means, but they know exactly the, the amplifications of the word structure. Like, okay, either is coming, but that's for future. And then usually a sentence in Arabic has a verb first, then a noun. But the noun is coming first, then the verb. You know, that means that amplifies the emphasis even more. You know, in Arabic, when you when you say um, Hamid left, you, you usually say, 
you don't say habidun dahaba. You don't put the noun first and then the verb. But when you put the noun first and then the verb, there's a strong emphasis behind it, right? And <laughs> definitely, like it's you know. And then when you put ida with the verb that's in the past tense, what happens now is like as if it already happened. Like it's so sure it's going to happen as if it already happened. You know when you say to can you do, can you do this for me? It's done. Think okay, about okay, it. Okay. Okay. You know. Okay. I I don't like when people say okay. What do you mean okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Done. Yeah. 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 We do that a lot. Like the, one of the things we misuse a lot is inshallah we'll do this. And other ones, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hogia, do. They're like, what is hogia? You know, relax. Like, hogia means done. So, same thing. So, you see this now when the, when he's speaking to these people with so much emphasis because he's not trying, he's not explaining it. To, the, 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 the first audience, the primary audience, are these people who just don't believe in it. And from the words of it, he's explained to them it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The sun is going to be wrapped into darkness. Really? How is that possible? And then right away, Allah switches the scene from the earth to the sky. And when the stars will become dull, right? In kadra means to when something becomes dull. So from the from the from the here's the here's the, the here's the daytime. The most brilliant thing you see is the sun. And at nighttime, of course, there's a moon, but stars are all over the place. So the day sun is gone. And the night's brilliance of stars is dull, right? This is this is going to happen. And again, where who is he speaking to? He's speaking to people who live in deserts and they know the strength of mountains. And Allah says, when the mountains, Sayyara Bajan is a very interesting word. It Sayyara means it's the same word from Sayyara, Sayyir. Siru fiha. Sayyir means to move casually. When the mountains, the, the same mountains, Allah says, Wal Jibal Arsaha. The mountains that Allah has pegged will now start floating away casually. You know, just when people are looking at what's going on with the mountains. So you see the sun, you see the stars, and then you see these mountains floating. You think these mountains are stationed, but they're going to be moving like clouds gliding in the sky. Imagine such, such a powerful creation where, you know, the angels were impressed when it was first created. And and if you just look at a picture of a mountain, just a picture is magnificent. Imagine standing next to a, a massive mountain. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So the next verse, Allah says, Now, ishar, the word ishar, I mean, there's the one word that we know from ishar is ashara. Ashara means 10, right? And ishar, ushra, it comes from one, the, the, the wahid of it. It's a, it's a camel that's 10 months pregnant. So that's why ashara means 10, okay? And the reason Allah mentions this, this is very interesting, is because this type of camel, which was she camel that was 10 months pregnant, was the noblest form of wealth. It was a serious investment. Like it's a status symbol. If you had a she camel who was 10 months pregnant, this was the noblest form of wealth. This is the, this is everything you have. Now Allah is saying it was producing, it was giving milk, most probably, right? Yeah. And and it was it was giving you um, uh, the transportation. It was giving you a possibility of another uh, another camel. It was just yeah. a very valuable asset. Yeah. And so what happens? So that's the first part, Ishar, right? And, and look at the way the words are formed together, right? So you would think that something that valuable. What do you think the people? Anything that's valuable in your house, in your life, 
you know, you protect it, you care for it, you put a cover on your phone, you get insurance for your cars. I mean, anything valuable in your life, you're always very careful about it. How will we put our children in our car seat, make sure they buckle them properly, something valuable, right? But the next word, it just contradicts how much value you had for it. Allah says, وَإِذَا الْعِشَارُ عُطِّلَتْ عُطِّلَ One word of, you know, عَطَلَ means literally to go to, uh, it's it, like when you useless, like something that's useless. A person who's fired in the Arabic language, someone who's ma'atul is called a person who's fired. Like he's useless, no longer working here, right? So you don't need you, we don't need your services. So when these valuable things will become useless, why? Look, how does that, uh, you know, how does that make sense, Bajan? Think about it. What happens, what happens in our life when, you know, when, when there are disasters, natural disasters in communities, people, the most valuable things to them are to become, at the moment, least, or not, they're not really cared for. They're not, they're not given attention to because they want to run away, save their families, save their children. No, that, 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 that purse they used to value or the, or the phone they used to value. Something, you know, when there's a natural, natural disaster happening or there's a, a catastrophe, nobody's really caring about their valuables anymore that they used to care about. Now they care about their life. So one of the most the most valuable most valuable items in the world in your life become invaluable because exactly. of circumstances. And these circumstances of this dunya are nothing compared to what's going to happen in the next world. Right? And it happens. We we buy a new phone and we upgrade and our old phone becomes invaluable to us. We don't really use it. Kids use it, thrown around, put into the you know, some drawer. So like this, even items in this world become they lose they lose their value. But imagine for Ishar, for these Arabs, it was like a, it was one of the most beautiful ride. You know, what car do you like, Mr. Rahman? Like, what's your favorite car? That, okay, I know you don't value cars. That's why I'm asking you what's your favorite car, right? Because I know you don't have value for cars. But say you put blood and sweat and time and money in purchasing a car, which I don't think you will ever do with that passion. But say something that you did. And oh, yeah. now all of, all of a sudden, it doesn't have, you don't have the same value for it. What car would that be? Like I mean, what is your Isha? My question. Why would we? What are you putting on the spot for? It has to be like an a 300ZX or an old Supra or E39 M5. Uh, one of the M5, E39 for sure. You're saying too many alphabets there. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, but you, you, so you, you you like the M's, BMW M's. Yes. Right? So something so valuable. M M M M for Muslim, M for Muhammad, M for M5. You know. I'm from Miftah. Yeah, that's that's why we like the M, M, M line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whatever convinces you to like the M, I don't mind you liking the car. <laughs> but imagine that car is just abandoned. Like, you know, you don't wash it anymore. You don't do the oil change. You don't change the rotation on the tire. Just a valuable product. Don't give too many examples of cars. Because when you get the maintenance examples, you're not good at that. What do you mean maintenance? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? We're live. What's it? What are you trying to say? No, I'm not saying anything. I'm not gonna say anything. But my older brother doesn't know much about cars. That's all I gotta say. I don't know about cars. What was that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. I know. I know where a steering wheel is. And I don't. I don't hit the gas. And I know. I hit the blinkers. What else do I need to know? Like, how much do I need to know about cars? <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Aishar means the most valuable things. You know what, what's interesting about this ayah is all in the day of judgment, the things will become reversed. Like the sun that was supposed to give light is no longer giving light. The stars mm -hmm. that are supposed to, you know, twinkle, they are dull now, right? The uh, the thing that's giving you value is no more. The thing that you thought was going to give you value is no longer giving you value anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, later in the in the verse, Allah says, "The water that's supposed to put out fire is actually the fuel of fire," right? So, like 
things are reversing now. You know, in the, in the previous in the in the previous surah, in surah Abbasat Walla, You're supposed to gravitate towards each other. Rather, now you're running away from each other. Wow, very very, very profound. Yeah. So the, the the roles are reversing. You know, and it's and that's why the, this verse tells us like, hey, you know, maybe something you value a lot today is not actually very. It's not going to help you. It's not actually valuable. How many times, but then how many things are there when we're younger? You look at a child. This child is fighting with his other brother, five, six year old, about a car. Oh, Abuji, my brother took my car. He stole my toy, and he has so much love for it. And he's crying because someone stole it from him, right? And you're looking at this child like, oh my, are you seriously fighting over, a, you know, a toy car? You know, so you look back at him and say, look what, you know, how, how childish he is. But that same child, you know, when he turns ten years old, he looks back at a five year old. He thinks the same way. Like, really? Why you why you know why you why are you fighting over this car? And then now this ten year old is doing something. That the 15 year old looks at him and says, what are you doing? You know, are you wasting, you know, looking at the way his hair is and all these weird things and making sure things, are, you know, whatever he, whatever way he's trying to stay in, the, you know, within the society. Now this 15 year old is looking at this 10 year old. Look at your, then when you, this certain person turns 15, 16, 17 years old, now there's things, oh, I want my, my license, I want my car, I want this, I want that. And it's so important to you. But when you look at yourself 10 years later, those things that were so important to you at that time have no importance anymore. Zero importance. And then and then at that time, someone who's 30, 40 years old talk, talks to you about it. It doesn't it doesn't resonate with you because you're like, no, no, you don't know what I'm going through. You know, you came from Pakistan, India, Syria, Yemen. You don't know what I'm going through. It's a different era. No, no, no. We know what you're going through. We know exactly what you're going through. It's just, it's life, you know. And what's important to you now is not going to be important to you. You know, does he really like me? Does she really like me when you're 10 years old? Like, that doesn't matter anymore, you know. Who cares about that, right? Now, you, know, you know, the funny thing is, is like some people, they never get out of their childhood. They're still like, they like they, they, they grow up with it. Like, come on, just, not like you're, you're 40 years old. Why are you still like combing your hair like a 12 year old? Like, there's, there's still combing your hair, man. Just chill out, you know? Yeah, they're still stuck in it. And then yeah. guess what happens, Bajan? Then you're like 40, 50 years old. And the things that you were thinking about when you're 20, 25 years old are like, man, really? I was thinking about that. How many times do you hear famous people saying, man, if Twitter, Instagram, and social media was around when I was 15 years old, I would not have a job? Because things that I used to think of and say and that I thought was important, and it would be, it would be, it was so irrational, but thank God it wasn't around at that time. Yeah, you know, we'll help our youth. Yeah. So, like, so then what happened, what's interesting is as the phases are going ahead, like the you were you thought this was important, then you grow older. This is not important anymore. And you grow older. Guess what happens? When you die, you're like, what was I doing in my life? Hmm. It's the same. It keeps moving. One of the one of the uh, the least one of the least regret person will have at death is that they wish they spent more time in the office. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's not something they're going to regret. They would, they would, you know. I'm from a non-Muslim perspective. They were gonna like, I wish I spent more time with family, my wife, my children, you know, my parents. I mean, but you know, we struggle for this, and we and, and it keeps on going on. Exactly. So Allah in this ayah, he he talks about a camel, which makes relevancy for the people of Mecca, but it's talking about something that's very valuable. And it could, it could be clothes. It could be it could be a job. It could be a car. It could be your house. Everything that we care about. I'm not saying. You know, you know, you know, like for example, say Anwar Sabi was saying, you know, I, I love this man in the cricketer. He was saying, like, you know, he's been on, he was been on a flight where, you know, the the engine, one of the engines failed on the plane. 
you know, and this is a very scary feeling to be on, right? Like you're in the middle of the air, Allah save us, right? And you know, uh, you know, his very close friend Junaidum Allah passed away in a plane accident, right? So at that time, you don't care about your charger for your phone. Who cares about your charger? Something that's so important, making sure your charger's away and your earpods are put away, and those things that you had so much value for are meaningless. Right now, you're in complete survival mode. And on the Day of Judgment, the only thing that you can survive with is good deeds. And that comes later on. So Allah, He illustrates this just from this. All what we said now is not even in, you know, even the top of the surface of what this ayah actually means. But imagine how profound the words of Allah is. Allah is saying, Then Allah says, And then when... when that, was, that, that was so profound. It really, that was heavy. That was heavy. Go ahead. Sorry. And then when wahsh, bajan wahsh, is the opposite of ins, insan mm. and wahsh. Wahsh is not just an animal like haywan. Wahsh is a wild animal. It's some you know insan has a capability of showing affection, and a wahsh, a wahshi, is incapable of showing any affection to others. These are animals that cannot be domesticated. So usually animals like this are always apart from each other because they're afraid they're going to be attacked. But roles are being reversed now. Now they're all together. Wow. <laughs> Because they're like, you know, human beings are always together, but now they're running away from each other. But these on the day of judgment, remember we said we talked about roles being reversed and things are going to be opposites. These wild beasts who are always running away from each other because they're scared of each other. Now they're all together. They're being gathered together. What's now, happening? What's happening? They're just so, they're, what's going on? What's happening yeah. in the mountains? Even a wild animal that's going to prey on its predator it's has scary. forgotten the purpose of their, you know, like forgotten the, the next meal because of the tragedy and the event that's taking place. Exactly, exactly. Then you have yeah, You know, I think it's about animals. It, they're so sensible. They can tell something happening. Even before earthquakes, animals can sense the tsunami and the earthquakes. Imagine their feeling that they're going to go through when they, they sense Qiyamah. It's going to be man. Allah save us, man. Allah, Allah save us. Man. You know, the Prophet says, you know, that, that even... Uh, that even the, the, the child of a bird, you know, has to suffer the consequence of someone sinning because of the food that's taken. You know, yeah. a human being sinning and he or she is suffering from the seed because they, they feel it. They feel the consequences of it. The next verse, This is this verse. I'll just quickly say it. so. Sajara, like, what does this sajara mean over here? Right? Tasjid means it. It means when something it has two meanings that the Mufassirin say. When the water from the ocean beds, all the oceans will come out of the boundaries, so there'll be flooding. One one meaning can be taken that, and another meaning is when the water of the ocean will turn into fuel for the fire. So that same water that was supposed to extinguish fire will now be used to kindle the fire. That's crazy. That's that unbelievable. Be, that will be used. Why did that fuel? And yeah. we've seen it in, in in the world where. We have fire coming out of the water. We've seen that, and and we've seen that we can see oil spills all around the world. We can see all all this is happening, right? Where there's fire coming out of the water. I mean, it's not impossible, but the fact that Qiyamah will have it at another level. Yeah, exactly. And then, think, again, that's like the sun. Something so useful, helpful, nutrition for our bodies and vitamins for our body. Water, the same thing. It's something. Some, it's such a useful commodity. But now the water is becoming a disaster. For exactly. Disaster. Next verse. And then when the souls will be paired. And Ulun Khattab Anhu has a tafsir about this. And he says, meaning 
the good souls will be paired with the good souls, and the bad souls and evil ones will be paired with the evil ones. In other words, this is when the soul will be returned to the body because the soul and the body are separated and they will be returned. But as Bajan, if you can explain that, we know that there are three, like there will be groups, you will be will automatically will be gravi- gravi- will be gravitating and gathering with those who are alike, like the, the believers, the p- people of goodness, the people of evil. And next thing you know, this this will be coming groups of people on the day of judgment just gathering next to each other. And as in, in the different surahs, we know that there are gonna be three different groups. Can you please explain that, Bajan? I like what you said about Umar al-Khattab because Quran and Surah Safat is on the day of judgment that Allah will have people of of each category gather, gather and assemble with their own people. So if you are righteous, right? So those who are righteous, for their, their righteous categories, there were people who used to fast. Because we know the door, eight doors of Jannah have, have assigned um, entrances for people who practice those actions. People who fasted will enter from such a door. People who um, prayed will enter from such a door. So we know that we have to be careful because the category that we're going to be resurrected with is most likely the category that we hang out with in this dunya. And there are three categories that are mentioned in the Quran and Surah Waqi'ah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِنَفْسِ One category is a person, a, a group of people who are just uh, evil. They do wrong to themselves. Another category is the people who are who do good and they do wrong sometimes. And the third category, may Allah make it amongst this category, are those who strive to do good all the time. And of course, that can only be given, that can be gifted only by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Same thing, وَكُنْتُمْ أَزْوَاجٍ ثَلَاثًا This is Surah Waqiyah. وَكُنْتُمْ أَزْوَاجٍ ثَلَاثًا فَأَصْحَابُ الْمَيْمَنَةِ مَا أَصْحَابُ الْمَيْمَنَةِ وَأَصْحَابُ الْمَشْأَمَةِ مَا أَصْحَابُ الْمَشْأَمَةِ وَالسَّابِقُونَ السَّابِقُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ الْمُقَرَّبُونَ فِي جَنَّاتِ النَّعِيمِ ثُلَّةٌ مِنَ الْأَوَّلِينَ وَالْقِلِمِ الْآخِرِينَ And of course later on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, He adds more to this in the same surah ثُلَّةٌ مِنَ الْأَوَّلِينَ وَثُلَّةٌ مِنَ الْآخِرِينَ But this is interesting I asked this in my tafsir of surah waqi'ah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah brings the people of the right side and what is the people of the right side then أَصْحَابُ الْمَشْأَمَةِ the people of the left side and what are the people of the left side I did this tafsir in Ramadan for uh, for Miftah. It's online. You can watch the whole thing. I recommend you watching it. If we get time, we might share on the link here. Surah Waqiyah Tafsir. What I did ask was, why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention Ashabul Maymana first, then the people who are going to hell, and then the best of the best? And I and the answer to this, what Fakhul Razi says, is that Ashabul Maymana is the most relevant. So the most relevant will be mentioned first. Like every and what is Maimana? People who do good and who also make a mistake. You know? Uh, they uh, they do they do they do uh, they do sins, right? And then yeah. they they act they do good deeds. Yeah. So sometimes a person might feel like a hypocrite doing this. Yeah of right? course. It's okay. okay. As long as you're not stubborn on your sin and you are regretful, Allah wants to forgive you. So the Ashabul Minam as a category 
is They do bad things and they do good things. We just hope that our good outnumbers our bad. Not outnumbers, not outnumbers, outweighs. Oh yes, sorry. Thank you for the correction. It's not about the quantity of the deeds, but it's the weight of the deeds. It's not quantified. I agree. Ah, ahsan amala. Thank you very much, Mufti Sab. So, Alhamdulillah, woe to that person whose singles outnumber the ten. You, you know, you you basketball, but basketball, you right? You mess, you mess up your knee. Imagine you look at the stats of a team of a game or a cricket, 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 you know? And you know you look at the stats of the team and you notice that three pointing, three point, 70%, but they still lost. And then you wonder like how did the team lose? How you know how how did the Clippers lose the Lakers? You know, they they're playing they played so well from the three-point line. Then you look back at the stats, you see the amount of giveaway uh, giveaways, turnover. You know, Turnovers, um, you know, it's not, uh, it's, not, it's not hockey giveaways, it's turnovers. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I've used the hockey terminology here, but a lot of turnovers they had, and about all the penalties, they call it penalty fouls, <laughs> all the fouls, you know, all that stuff they look at. Similarly, how can, how, when we do one good deed, one good deed, it's equal to 10 good deeds, but one sin is only equal to one sin. Yeah, how is it that our sins outweigh, outnumber? Overwhelm our good deeds, so that's our own. That's our fault. So similarly, um, the ashabul uh, maymana. It's a, it's a middle. It's a most relevant quality um, of, uh, category, um, but the most important we should strive for is sabiqun as sabiqun. So inshallah, the day just where we can be amongst those who elite, who are the elite, and the forerunners who try to strive, who strive their best to please Allah. Absolutely. So the, the, how the three categories, and also Allah mentions that you know the souls that nafs amar, nafs lawama, nafs. Yeah, but there's also the, the aspect of how the uh, uh, the the I love this where the people always ask me this category, uh, you know, hadir arwah, the the whole discussion of what happens, the journey of the souls when a person dies, and then the person goes in the grave, and their bodies, their ruh, the souls go to the to the alim arwah, you know, and the shahada they go into these birds in jannah. And different different variations and narrations. Very interesting discussion of the soul. I wish I can do a, a class on just the journey of the soul. But, but you will imagine, imagine the soul and the body reuniting finally in akhirah. Yeah. And imagine that imagine that soul that comes back into a body that was righteous. Like thank God this guy was righteous. Imagine the soul that comes back into our body that didn't pray. It's it's going to be suffering for both. Exactly. And and all one one interesting thing about that is. Imagine you're righteous right now. So all the brothers and sisters who are watching right now, we love the Sahaba, we love the Prophet we love the Anbiya. And the moment we pass away and we're resurrected on the Day of Judgment, these souls will be reunited. Even though we have never seen each other, but the souls have been together. And we will be resurrected on the Day of Judgment with those pious souls that came before us, those pious individuals. And that's how we'll be resurrected on the Day of Judgment. We have a few minutes left and I want to go over the next ayah. There's other things we could have said about that ayah, but because of the time, we're going to keep moving. Then we have... This one, this, this, this ayah is amazing. Heavy. And when the girl who was buried alive is asked, for what sin she was killed. Now, pay attention. When the girl who was buried alive, the girl who was buried alive will be asked, not the one who buried the girl, 
Not the plotters, not the ones who did that. The one who was buried alive when, was, when she would be asked, for what sin did she commit? Why, why, why was she killed? What's interesting about this is on the day of judgment, you know, the Mufassireen say, Rahimahullah, and then of course we have Imam Rahimahullah talks about this in detail. He says that the first people to be given a voice on the day of judgment will be the voiceless in this world. Wow. They, had, they, they had, didn't have a voice. Wow. And themselves. That poor girl that, you know, what, that the mother and the father went to some, you know, corner of Mecca in the desert and they, they gave birth to a child. And if it wasn't a boy, they just, they, they, they never asked the girl. They never, what, what wrong did that girl do? And they just buried her alive. She had, she had no say. She could not speak for herself. She could not defend herself. Allah will not bother asking the person. That person that buried that daughter alive will not be worthy of being spoken to. You know, like, you know, that's how it's in Urdu. Like, you don't even have the right that I speak to you. Not worthy of me speaking to you. Allah, you know, on the, on the Day of Judgment, there are people that are so far from the mercy of Allah that they are, they will not, Allah will not even look at them on the day of judgment. Yeah. Like, okay, if Allah, Allah is so merciful that if He spoke to them, you know, he, he's Kareem, he's Rahman, he's Rahim. Allah's like, even look at them. Allah, you know, Ka'ab ibn Malik, عنه, you know, he used to always, when he was in that, 50, that boycott, and uh, he used to say, I was just, I was always looking if the Prophet was looking at me. Just even if he was looking at me, that would have been enough for me. Every time I look at him, he was not looking at me. Because even that look, you know, sometimes you, you, you punish your children and like, why did you do this for? And then you just don't want to look at them because they're crying. But if you look at them, your heart melts, right? Allah is not going to look at them, Allah is not going to speak to them, ask them why you did this, but Allah will ask that voiceless being. You know, I, we just had this, if, if people have been watching for the last few, last few weeks, the, uh, the families of the family members of those people, those shuhada that were, that were martyred in, the, in Jum'ah Salah in Christchurch, New Zealand. So the mother, the father. I watched watch some of the testimonies in church, Mufis, that was so heavy. Not church, in court. Yeah, I watched those testimonies of Christchurch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, those Christchurch families and victims testimonies were so heavy, and I, I heard that you, 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 and some scholars had a, a con conference call with them or a video call. You spoke to them. Yeah, I mean, it was because I went there last year, and then we had this conference call on Sunday with them. And if you watch like some of their statements about the, the mother's statement about her children, or you know, it's just it breaks your heart, right? What, and, 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 and the question is, why did you kill? Why did you decide to come to this masjid? When people, defenseless, old, young children, women are praying in peace. What sin? Like, for what sin were they killed? Because they were Muslims. Because they said, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. These people will be asked the judgment. What happened, man? What, what, what happened? What went wrong that day in, in, on Friday when you left your wife and your mother? And you're, you know, like the brother is saying, I just dropped my mother and father off and I went to park and then this person comes in and shoots. The, 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 the person said, do you know how many children you left orphaned? 92 children. And half of them were younger than 18 years old. They're babies. How many spouses? How many grandparents? Like you left, you ripped the entire family structure apart. People who cannot walk for the rest of their life. You know, people were, in, it's just like, okay, what sin did they do? What sin did the people of Syria, Palestine, Gaza, Kashmir, Burma, what did they do? Yemen, all these countries in the world, right? 
these voiceless people who know they can knock on doors, they can talk to their politicians, they can do whatever, but no one wants to hear them. Guess what? When the chaos settles, when the dust settles on the day of judgment, the first people that will be heard will be these people. Wow. The first people, the voiceless, the defenseless. We, it, we, we heard that this week from the Christchurch victims. Imagine why yeah. hears it. Exactly. You know, when these people were speaking on behalf of, and the, the judge was hearing these people, what, what, like, how much dhulm did they do to this, this family? What, how, and how they ripped their heart apart? Like, that everyone was watching. Muslims, not Muslims, felt sympathy and empathy for these people, right? But imagine Allah in the judgment giving them a voice. What, what were you killed for? What happened that day? Why were you buried alive? But then, how much, what's the status, you know, that Allah gives to parents who have daughters? Like, you know, this is something that was happening in the Jahili time, but it's also something prevalent nowadays, right? What, when we have a daughter, it, it becomes a source of like, in, sometimes even embarrassment our boys are concerned like yeah i mean i mean i wish i wish we could put a, a mother to speak on this topic but the reality is that islam such a beautiful religion you know where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the prophet in that culture in that society where they would frown at at females at, at girls allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them so much honor in the sense that prophet sallallahu said to the sahaba Whoever raises two daughters. First he said three. Whoever has three daughters will be with me. Will be my partner in Jannah. My companion in Jannah. One, one person said, Ya Rasulullah, how about two? He said, if you have two, that will be, you'll be my companion in Jannah. And if you and the one someone said, how about one, Ya Rasulullah? And the Prophet said, if you even have one daughter. But of course, all comes to the condition if you raise them with Islamic education, and manners, and you raise them well, you're faithful to them, you honor them, Allah will raise you with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam You know, there's a poem that I remember reading years ago about Isa Alayhi Salaam, where Prophet Sallallahu is compared to Jesus. He says, Ahuk, I think it goes like this, I don't remember it. Ahuk Isa da'a mayyitan faqama laha, wa anta ahyayta aqwaman min al-adami. Oh Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, your brother Isa had so much power that he would bring dead to life. From the grave, from the body, you know, just being He said that's 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 amazing, you know. But like the poet says, let me tell you something about the Prophet. The Prophet gave life to a gender that acts that had no mention in this world of respect. Allah. Like we're not talking about one person out of the grave, we're talking about an entire gender that was overlooked and disrespected. And the Prophet totally gave so much respect where the Prophet says that 75% of your right goes to your mother. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ, who deserves my time? Who deserves my love? Who deserves my, 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 my phone call? Pick up your phone call. If you look at your phone time, time log and call time, all that, who have you been speaking to for the past one month? If that isn't 75% of your mother, then you haven't understood this hadith. If 75% of your love is not for your mother or your dua, or your time when they need you. So of course, sometimes mothers like go get out of our get out of our home, do your own life, get on with your life. You know they don't want you to sit there. But of course, you understand that when you're not there, you're thinking about them. You know, and the man, the Prophet said, "Ummuk." And the man said, "Who else?" And he said, "Ummuk." Then he said, "Who else?" Ummuk three times. And then the Prophet said, "Abu." Then you, you know, yeah, give some time to your dad. Of course, dads are very respected too. We should respect them, honor them. But of course, breaking the heart of a mother, the greatest sin, and that. A mother is given that respect. Um, and a, a, daughter, a, daughter, a daughter is given that respect. A sister. You know the Prophet said? 
Someone who has a sister and is kind to a sister, I guarantee him Jannah. Sister. But Jan, do, do, do you remember the story of Ammar bin Yasser? Anhu, again, this is early Makkah. This surah is revealed early Makkah. And this, so they were they got together in the house and they started reciting it. You know, till all the way till. Um, the, this entire passage we just recited today, this was revealed that night and they were reciting it. And they were wow. crying about this, right? All the few sahaba, they were hiding in the house reciting this. And then Ammar bin Yasser, and at this time they were hiding because Islam was not, Allah did not um, instruct the Prophet to declare his Islam, uh, to declare Nabuwa, and to go around and give da'wah openly. Rather, it was done secretly, family, and the Sahaba were the people, the, the Sahaba were in secrecy and they're hiding their Islam. So Ammar bin Yasser, at the end of the night, he secretly puts his cover on and he goes to his house. And he was a child, he was a young, young child. And he walks into his house and his father's yelling at him. Right? His father's yelling at him, Where were you? This is the story of Ammar bin Yasser. Where were you? Where did you go tonight? And he's staying quiet. He's like, Oh, you went to Muhammad, right? And of course, they don't lie. So he didn't say anything. And he got really mad at him. And uh, the mother was yell yelling at him. So as he was going. Yasser and Sumayya. Yasser and Sumayya. But then check. When you say those names, Yasser and Sumayya, it gives me so much shivers, man. Those the first shuhada of Islam, man. First shuhada. Guess what happens? He stops and he looks at his mother. He says, Oh, mother, you know what surah was revealed today? And he recites these verses upon his mother and father. And when he came to this ayah, he repeated a few times. And the mother, who was not a believer at that time, she started crying. She said, I had so many sisters that were buried. They didn't do anything. I was lucky I was, I was kept alive. Wow. This is the deen that's coming to liberate women. I want to accept Islam. Wow. Wow. She wow. accepted you know, Islam based on this ayah, Bajan. And then she know, became the first martyr of Islam. Subhanallah. Muftisab, what a beautiful story. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I totally forgot that story. I, you brought that back to my memory. May Allah reward you. May Allah barak on your knowledge. You know, Muftisab, that um, whenever people... Um, Islamophobes particularly like to criticize Islam and women rights. I smirk at them and say, man, little do you know. Little do you know, man. Little do you know. You what you think you liberated women by taking their clothes off? <laughs> are you funny funny people? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you put them on posters and, and you got them Instagram followers. You think you liberated women? Honestly, that's you've disgraced many of them who don't wanna they 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 wouldn't want to do that, you know. That wouldn't be their first choice for many of them. Um Islam is such such an honorable religion, such a beautiful religion, you know. And I, I honestly, if, if women, non-Muslim women knew, I, you know, sometimes, <laughs> so you know, sometimes non-Muslim women they see Muslim women wearing hijab or you know uh, the niqab, you know, in the mask nowadays, and they get like they become they become very suspicious. Like these women must be oppressed by their husbands. Their religion is very extreme, radicalist, you know. So they become very they become they don't know. In one of my one of my lectures in interfaith, I was like, I swear to God, if these women were to go into the house of Muslim women, majority of the homes, sometimes there are some husbands that need to get some medication. You know? <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, sometimes medication doesn't help. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, dua, dua. That's what dua, I mean. Dua, dua. So if they were go to the homes of our of our women and our daughter, the way Allah has blessed our daughters, our women in Islam.
you know, and we have to remove that stereotype culture in the world. Like, do you know how many girls in India, their fetus are aborted because they're female? Do you know that, Mufti Sahib? Have you read into this? I did this research a while ago, a long time ago. When I was doing this a few years ago, millions of girls, when, they, when their uh, ultrasound comes out, that the gender, the, the gender is recognized, identified female, they right till today in India, in, in, pa- in Pakistan, some places, but India, China, all across, some, some of the West, even in America, there's discrimination against um, girls before they're even born. They're aborted. And what, what, what are we seeing in this? You know, we haven't, if you don't respect your daughter, you don't respect Islam. Yeah. And the Prophet, oh, there's a beautiful hadith. I got to share this, man. Give me all my emotional right now. Yeah, I have one mental isha. Okay, we got to go with this up. You know, there's a hadith of Rasulullah A person who does not give preference to their son over their daughter, I'll promise them Jannah. Ajib. Meaning if they treat their son and the daughter equal. I mean, even today we have like, we'll do so many things for our sons. We'll go to practice, basketball, soccer. We're so excited when they graduate. We're so excited about their college choices and careers. We don't even ask our daughters like the same question anymore. Like as if they're like, yeah, if you do it, you're okay. But if the son doesn't do it, it's a big issue. No, you got to talk to them. The daughter is important. You know, alhamdulillah, I'm blessed with the daughter, but I feel like this is so important. Islam taught it. Can you finish this passage translation? Yeah, Ajahn, so again, coming back to that, when the, the, the first people who will be given a voice on the day judgment are the voiceless. So don't, don't, be, don't, don't despair. No, no, Sometimes you have no one to listen to you. A lot of times people who are depressed and have anxiety, the, the biggest thing is they don't have someone to listen to them. Remember, first of all, you have direct access to Allah. Allah will listen to you now. But on the day of judgment, if the person who oppressed you did wrong to you, Allah will listen to you then. Allah will not even Allah will not ask that person to oppress. You will not ask a reasoning from that person. He will just speak to you because he oh. doesn't want to take away from your time. He will give you undivided you know, you know, when you say this, I don't, I don't, I hope no, none of us have to be. But sometimes, just for that honor to speak to Allah, I bet you some people just want to be oppressed. Just to speak to Allah. You know, yeah. insanu rahman insan. If human, the humankind knew what Allah, His Rahmah is, they would make difficulties with smiles. Yeah, exactly. Well, I get to talk to Allah. Exactly. So let's finish this off, then we have to go. We have may, Allah us, may Allah save us from all these challenges. Amen. Allah says, when the pages are made public, everything will be things that you were doing in your private, no one knew about it, but on the day of judgment, everything will be exposed. Your books will be in front of you. means to um, skin away. Right, so the one peel off, peel off. When the layer of the sky will be peeled off, and it also means so meaning it will become. It also in Mufassirin say it will be peeled off, and it, the color will become reddish. And usually the sky is a reflection of what's beneath it. So the sky above a blue ocean looks, you know, you know the looks blue, right? So same thing over here. What's happening beneath the sky? If you change the scene, Allah, Allah is saying the the fire will become a blaze, towering blaze. The entire the, the, there will be fire ablazed. And when the when the paradise will be brought near and honor, like Allah could have used the word, you know, different words for bringing near, but uzlifa, zulfa, these means this means honor, not honorarium, but honor, because you know this the honorarium thing is not good. Don't it's not good for you. Not not good. Don't do that. Don't talk about honorarium. It's personal discussion. <laughs> so and when the Jannah paradise will be brought, meaning Jannah was always there. It's not being built and constructed right there, but it's always there waiting for you. And it'll be brought near to you, right? Um, uh, it'll be brought near to you out of honor for you. 
it's like, like, you know, when you get off the plane and you get escorted, the car is brought near to you, you know? You're an honorable person. When you go to someone's house, when you go to someone's house and the food is brought near to you, you sit down and the food is presented to you. Yeah, there's a discussion. What's better, having standing up to get the food buffet style or have the food served to you? That's another discussion. Yeah. Who is more honorable, the food or the human? Of course, the food. The food should be brought to the human, but all, 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 not all assemblies and weddings can afford to have food brought to the to the exactly. gathering. Anyways, but you know, Allah says in Surah Qaf, "Uzlibatil Jannah for who? Yeah. This type of honor, Uzlifat, is for pious people. Imagine not a ride brought close to you, not a not not a tray of food, not a buffet, Jannah. And this also says that the act Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has made the actions of Jannah easier for people too, for the righteous people. Like it's it's it becomes if you're righteous, Allah make it easy for you. He'll make paths to Jannah easy for you. Sorry, go ahead, finish this off. Yeah, that's it. What you just said right there, like you know, Mufti, we asked one of our teachers, like, what's a good sign? Like, how do I know if I'm a person of paradise or a person of you know, I'm, I'm righteous or not, and what my destination will be? Then he mentioned, you know, that right. Allah will start like how Jannah will be brought to you as an honor. Similarly, good deeds will be become will be presented in front of you and it will become easy for you to do it so you can easily get Jannah. And a person who's not righteous, evil deeds and bad deeds and sins become very easy and accessible. So Allah save us from environments where sins and evils, evil deeds are very accessible and easy to do. And never feel in, 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 in an environment where doing good becomes such a burden. Because if you're in an environment like, for example, i'tikaf, Ramadan, goodness is so easy. You're in Makkah and Medina. And doing something evil, it becomes you have to you know walk and you know take a few steps before doing something. It's, it's a burden. It's a challenge. Allah keep us like that. You know, even we're in Makkah and Medina, but we can be like that all the time in our lives. Alimat nafsum ma'ahdarat, Allah says, on that day, on that day, each soul will know what it has brought with it. We spoke about that already. That's what it means. You read. It's a scary moment for those who don't have the right. But that's but that's when imagine the people of Makkah being told that everything you do is coming forth. You're going to know yourself. No one's going to tell you. You're going to know what you did. What you did. Alhamdulillah, we went over this surah takbir, these verses that came in in the beginning of Makkah. Jazakallah khair for everyone tuning in today. Uh, we, we 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 respect and we we respect all of you. We respect all your time. So forgive us if we take a little too long sometimes. Jazakallah khair for tuning in every week on Wednesday. Remember, we have a schedule every single day with uh, different programs happening. So please tune into that. Yeah, please don't forget. We have a very special guest coming on this um, Friday, and there might be a time change. Mufti Sab, I was going to Mufti Doha will post it on our social media page. We have a great scholar joining us from overseas. Friday Night Live. We're not going to give the name away yet until you see the flyer. I don't know if the flyer's been posted. Huh? I don't even know who it is. Yeah, you're not supposed to know. You'll find out what I have, Mufti Sab. We can keep it in the back. But thank you, Mufti Abdurrahman, for your beautiful reminder, for your uh, tantalizing words. And everyone, thank you for joining. Keep us in your du'as. And inshallah, we'll see you. Mufti Sab has family matters tomorrow. And then we'll see you again Friday Night Live. Jazakumullah khaira. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.